The Bloody Podcastacre with Zach Walters and Kennedy Catherine. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy New How do we do this now? I don't know. It's been a good month since At I've seen least. you. At least. And we got caught up in what? Not even 15 minutes. You are registering so loudly, but I mean, it's okay. Do you want me to push back just a little? Yeah, that seems good. Um, we, we didn't quit it. We said, see you when we'll see ya. You got sick. Oh, I forgot about that. But you're fine now. Um... On my bookshelf, I have like eight rapid tests. I just am collecting them now. Nice. Um, and they're all negative. Yeah. So I'm lucky right now because before I got back into the city from my holidays, I got my booster. Mm-hmm. So I think I like had like a week before everyone got sick. And then like at the tail end of that week, I got sick. Right. How'd you feel after your booster? Perfectly fine. I just felt a little off in the morning and then I was fine. I think I had a headache, but I think just because I always work myself up when it comes to needles. Right. Not to like rub it in, but I've been doing great. Other than my like death cold I had last week. Mm -hmm. But I had the best time. I ordered Uber Eats from a pharmacy. What? And what did you get? Let me tell you. So I was ordering Uber Eats because I was like, I have no like cold medication in my house. I went and looked. One expired in 2019. You know, (laughs) I was like, I shouldn't take this. Yeah, no. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. So I ordered like some Neocitra. Never had that before. It is fucking awful it is god awful and everybody was like this is the best thing you'll ever have absolutely not. and you will like have the, the best yes no and you'll they were like you will have the best sleep of your life and i was like can't wait i had my first one i was like i just drank chalked lemon yeah and then i was laying in bed wide awake anyways um so in my order i ordered yeah. neocitron mm-hmm. six pack of gatorade what emergency flavor? i the red one not my favorite but right the emergency yeah like little packs but i got blueberry and acai wouldn't recommend mm. just get with the orange i got some saline nose spray mm, the best and i uber eats a humidifier the world is just so convenient now right and i had a if you spend 30 dollars, you get 20 dollars off coupon what it was um i literally paid for a humidifier and got everything else for free congratulations so i've been living my best like sick life yes before we get into things can we please talk about the new a24 trailer that just dropped oh my god oh my god i watched it with a couple of friends they both didn't like it what it looks like everything that i love Mm -hmm. about the 1970s vibe the soundtrack Mm. the the, cast the cast it looks very like reminiscent of like texas chainsaw massacre absolutely but with like a bunch of like scary old people yes and i'm very excited for it which is kind of um a theme in the movie we're doing today scary old people and the movie that we're doing today is the taking of deborah logan from 2014 which I did not know it came out that long ago. I agree. I was actually really surprised by that. It I feels, was like, in my mind, I was like 2018. Yeah, it feels pretty, like, timeless. If you told me it came out last year, I would believe it. Also, I just have some other, like, quick horror things that I was I found out recently. Please tell me. Um, they're making a Final Destination 6. <laughs> which right. I am so excited for. Those movies are just, like, a fun watch. They are fun. They're I campy. don't watch them often, but, like, one time, I came home from the bar... And I was like, what do I want to watch right now? All? All Final Destination deaths. <laughs> and I just put it on and I just sat on my, my couch, ate some chips, and I watched it. No, you know what? I probably had 
that Indian food place that used to be on Second. Oh my God, what was that called? It was called Meg's. Meg's was really the place to be. After the bar, <laughs> you take a little walk to Meg's, you all sit down, you order your food, and you go home. Mm-hmm. I miss it. Uh, yeah, so Final Destination 6. It's Hell supposed yeah. to be an HBO Max movie. Uh, they're making a Tensaw movie, but... Oh. <laughs> So tired of this. Um, it's supposed to be based on like John Kramer Jigsaw. Good. And like the idea is the story is being told from his point of view instead of like the prisoners. Interesting. But the thing is, is he, spoiler alert for people, died in like He's the third dead. movie. Super dead. Um, so I don't know if it's gonna be a prequel, if it's gonna be in between like the first however many. You'd think it would have to be. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then the last thing was, I know we've mentioned it, but they're making the Firestarter TV series. Mm-hmm. It has gotten an R rating for violent content. And Zach Efron is in it, and he's playing the father of the child. What? Which blows that my mind. That makes me feel fucking old. Right? The other people I don't really, I the names I like have read, uh, Sydney Lemon, Michael Gray Eyes, Charlie McGee. I don't recognize any of them, but I'm like, Zach Efron is the father? I'm like, no, 17 yeah, again. Yeah. Great. I noticed that um, I, it came out a second ago, so I don't know why all of a sudden, but everybody is watching Yellow Jackets now. Obsessed Are with you it. so happy? Yes. Although I do think it has kind of faltered in the middle. I think there's one episode left on Sunday tomorrow. Oh, I didn't realize it was episodic. Yes. Mm, cool. Um, I think it ends tomorrow. I think you'll really like it. I don't know if your roommate will. She's already watching it. Oh. I think she likes it. Yeah, I really like it. I think you will too. Cool. I have a couple of shows I need to watch right now, so I need to just double down. I need a good show to watch. Um, I've I've run dry for shows. I've just been watching movies. I'm going to watch Hacks on HBO. I've heard that that's fun. Yeah. Anyways, The Taking of Deborah Logan. The thing about this movie is there's not a lot to talk about with production. The story is not based on anything to really talk about. So I think what we're going to do this week is instead of, you know, me like telling you guys the entire plot synopsis, I think Zach and I will just like for the episode walk each other through the plot from the very beginning and just talk about the scenes that we loved and like what we thought was good because spoiler alert I fucking loved this movie I do too and I know that we had a conversation briefly that your roommate was kind of not into it she was into it but also was like there's nothing special about this movie her criticisms were all very fair like I could not argue any of them but I still really liked it I think that like this movie does a good job of introducing characters has some good like scares it has a strong finish it, it's not groundbreaking by any means, no. but... Um, it, has, it has a lot going on, though, which it, I forgot about with, yes. like, the lore behind it. I was like, what? I know. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm very nervous for this walkthrough. I watched this movie, I think, a week and a half ago. Oh, it's fine. I'll start us off. So this movie is kind of like a lot of found footage movies where we have a team of student filmmakers. <laughs> I think that's just, like, a really easy way to be like... We have three amateur filmmakers doing something together. I know. Why can't it just be like... You know, as technology evolves, I feel like it'll be easier and easier to do like ring camera stuff, mm-hmm. which will be interesting. So this movie focuses on Mia, Gavin, and Lewis. They're a team of students. And what they're going to do is create a documentary about Deborah Logan, who is an elderly woman who is suffering from Alzheimer's. When they start the documentary and they go to meet her, she's very much in the early stages of Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. 
So basically, they get to the house. The movie starts. They're having a conversation with Deborah's daughter, Sarah. And Sarah is, like, amped on this idea, right? She is... This is so exciting. Like, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. Mom wants to do this. Right. She's a little nervous. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want, like, you know... She doesn't want to be exploited. Which, fair. Absolutely. Deborah's feelings are not unwarranted. And Mm -hmm. quite honestly... The setup of this is not great. Like, they're staying in her house. Which is a lot to ask as, like, student filmmakers. Mm -hmm. Ah, that's, well. mm. It is, though. I mean, realistically, you should be putting yourself up somewhere and then you go and you film throughout the day. Maybe you do some nights. But Mm -hmm. having a film crew in your house, it doesn't matter how small it is, is a big ask. Because do you know how much fucking damage happens? A lot. You're going to walk out and it's going to be like, who dinged every wall in the house? Well, it's also like... Depending on how much equipment they have, you have to like have like a whole separate room and like setting it up and taking it down every day. You're also under 24-7 surveillance because they do put up cameras in the house that are running full time. Sure, we can have it in like the living space. Yes. Nowhere else. The fact that they had it upstairs just outside her bedroom, didn't like it. Yeah, no. When we meet them, everybody seems like pretty excited about Mm -hmm. it. But what we find out is that Sarah, the daughter is the main caretaker of Deborah, and she uh, is running out of funds. And she's also running out of emotional... Let's go say emotional labor. Yeah, she's just... She's tired. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of has a conversation with Deborah off camera because as the film crew is kind of coming in and seeing things, Deborah becomes uncomfortable and is a little like, I've changed my mind. I actually don't think I want to do this. And her daughter basically says... We don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. We we have to do this. So when they do come back to stay, she has changed her mind. She's feeling better about it. Everyone sort of adjusts. They're in this beautiful home. Yeah. And like very isolated for some reason, mm-hmm. of course, you know, can't be just like a nice little home in the city, in the no. suburbs. No. It is like out. If I've learned one thing from horror movies, if something's going to go wrong with a person, they have no neighbors. If something was to go wrong to my neighbor next door, I don't want to know. No. It's none of my business. Isolation. Key. She actually does have a neighbor, but we don't really know how far away he is. Harris is her neighbor. The old gentleman. You're right. The one who helps her garden a little. There's a lot of questions about Harris. I do think him and Deborah are fucking. You know what? And good for her. Unless, of course, she gets to that stage of Alzheimer's where she cannot... Listen, let's not get into consent yeah. right now. But Do you know what I learned about Alzheimer's recently? What? Is that it is a form of dementia. It is. I did not know. Like, dementia is more of like an umbrella term and Alzheimer's falls underneath that. I thought they were two completely separate diseases. Dementia is essentially just being demented. That's how my grandfather died. R.I.P. This movie actually does a really good job of tackling mental illness, something that is a mental illness or a degenerative disease, Mm -hmm. alongside something paranormal that is happening. When we watch movies where it is sort of like ambiguous it's like, ooh, was this person possessed or do they have 37 personalities? It's like, yeah. okay, that's a really unfair look mm-hmm. at dissociative identity disorder. Whereas this was like, we clearly understand by the end of the movie that it it's not Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. that this thing is happening. If she does have Alzheimer's, these things are at the very least happening in tandem. And yes. it's not like her erratic behavior is due to the fact that she has Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Because there's points in the movie where you're watching and she's behaving in certain ways and everyone is acting like incredibly terrified of her. And I was having this feeling of, okay, yeah, but she has Alzheimer's. Is everyone actually in this scenario going to be really scared of her or are they just going to be concerned? Mm -hmm. But then I remembered that when my grandfather was sick and in a home with other people who had dementia, it actually was pretty scary. 
Like just mm-hmm. being around people who were completely checked out, who did not know who they were, who did not know who you were. It was unpredictable, erratic, and it was scary. Mm-hmm. That's like a lot of because I always like say that I go through Reddit where a lot of people are saying it's a good movie, but it is hard to watch if you have mm-hmm. gone through that experience because it is very true to a sense. Like the horror is is true to dementia and to Alzheimer's. So. Yeah. So when they come into the home and they first sit down with them, they have this interview with Deborah and the daughter Sarah to just sort of see where Deborah is at. Mm-hmm. And Deborah's sort of saying she's fine like oh yeah little things happen here or there Mm -hmm. and sarah is like no it's bigger than that like big things have happened you have forgotten to turn the stove off and they show this photo of a big portion of the kitchen being burned by the fact that she'd clearly left something on the stove and so i do believe we're supposed to think that that is alzheimer's that's Mm -hmm. not possession yeah it wouldn't be a little possession to burn your soup burn your house down (laughs) burn your soup yeah so after we kind of find out about the fire I don't think if there's there's anything really big that happens until like kind of the first night of filming where they find out Lewis is what we've decided, yep. not Louis. Yep. Lewis and Gavin find a recording overnight of Deborah in the kitchen and it's like two o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden she there's like a cut in the camera and she's up on the countertop in her kitchen, standing vibing out yeah they're just watching back the footage she's standing in front of the oven and then all of a sudden she's on the oven and no break in the time code and does she get off she kind of levitates in front of it and then she's down on the ground again and they're like yo 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 this is not right this is not possible and mia is like what Mm, i don't see anything wrong with this yeah they're like well there's a chair like in the house in the house she's like a she could have just pulled the chair in. They're like, do you see a chair? Mm-hmm. She's like, um, none of my business. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm not gonna, I'm just going to pretend not to see. Yeah. The two men are pretty worried. Uh, they're like, yeah, they're from, like, we're kind of like not into this. From the very beginning, I think they're, they're not feeling Deborah's vibes. And you know what? Fair. Deborah also is like a pretty precarious character. Like she is a sort of put together demure older woman Mm -hmm. with her lovely home who does not want to be taken advantage of. Like I don't think she's the type of person who wants to be seen in her vulnerability. And they're there to like do a job. And I think there's Mm -hmm. kind of like this conflict. Lady, let us be here and do this where she's kind of pushing back on it. Also, for some reason, Deborah Logan looks so familiar and I cannot place her anywhere. Right now I'm looking at Kennedy. Her left eye, well, sorry, her right eye, nice little eyeliner, whatever. Left eye, eyeliner, all underneath, <laughs> smudged. It looks like she's been hit. It's, right. it's like a black eye. It's just... Um, but also watching you touch your eyes is making my eyes really watery. I'm so sorry. It's one of those weird things where someone's like, oh, my eyes are itchy. I'm like, oh, no, mine are too. <laughs> Psychosomatic. Yeah. I'll go clean it up in a second so you don't have to look at it. But before... I mean, it's better now. Well, I'll just oh. tell you before I go yeah. that she is the woman in Shudder. When they're walking up to the hospital, Shutter Island, and she turns around and looks at them in her throat. Oh my God. That's her. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I could rewatch it and probably have a great time. Yeah, her name is Jill Larson, this actress. She's not someone that you're going to recognize from any big big films. I think she was mostly a um, soap opera actress. She's great in this movie, though. She was in a lot of theater. Oh. Uh, As the world turns, all my children. Yeah, there we go. Hmm. She's great in this movie, though. She is very good in this movie. I also think they do a very good job of showing the deterioration of her through this movie. Physically, it's pretty astounding. Yes, like her hairline. She's like, her like cheeks sink in a little bit. 
her eyes, like just the way that she's moving in her body is really good. Mm -hmm. And also like emotionally, she's like so void and it's so well done. Yeah, there's, you know, in this beginning few scenes that we're talking about, you know, they see the thing that happens on film, but they do have some incidents with her. You know, there's a night where she starts losing her mind because she thinks somebody hid her um, spade, mm-hmm. her gardening spade. And she goes after one of the guys, one of the camera guys with a knife. And then she just kind of throws like a childish tantrum. She's lying on the floor crying because she doesn't know where her spade is. And she's freaked out and she's scared. And like, who are these people? She does a really good job of doing that in like just a completely believable and like heartbreaking way. Mm-hmm. And then later when she's just fucking spooky and vacant yes. and her staring. The staring. Because oh. there's so many moments where Deborah as a character is looking at the camera, mm-hmm. but it looks like she's looking directly through it, like at you, and you're like, No, thank yeah, you. Seriously. And it's just so well done, like that like mm-hmm. aspect of it where I was like, I like that a lot. Right. So we'll take you through just like some more of those incidents. Things like that happen. We do meet this neighbor named Harris, who is a man who's probably around her age, who Mm -hmm. helps her out around the garden. He is also a bit of like a support system to Sarah, the daughter, but they're kind of at odds with how she needs to be taken care of. Like, I think Sarah's at her wits end. She's ready to put Deborah in a home Mm -hmm. if that's what's for the best. And Harris is more like, no, that's where people go to die. Like, this is her home. She has to be here. Deborah's doctor, we meet. We kind of see, like, the beginning of a structured documentary with, like, produced aspect of them talking about Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. With, like, like, an educational graphs. approach. Thank yeah. you. I was like, what the fuck is the word I'm looking for? And her doctor speaks on that. And so we kind of follow that journey. One thing that I read that kind of is, like, a false fact, and I don't know if it's changed since then... When you take brain scans of people, you can't actually diagnose Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm. You can only, like, fully diagnose it after somebody has died. Really? Yeah. Huh. Then how do people get diagnosed Somebody fact-checked me. Yeah. I think, well, it's just signs. So, anyways, Harris comes, tells Sarah to be like, keep her here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need her here. You need her here. Sarah, continue to give up your life with your girlfriend. I did love that in 2014, we just had a movie with a gay character that, like, it didn't matter and like no one cared and yeah she was and just in a gay. horror movie yeah. yeah loved that i also love that actress her name is ann ramsey and mm. she is one of those people who most people will recognize her from something she's in lots but she's just not like a she's not a main character mm-hmm. actress um but you can find out nothing about her interesting like there's no none of her personal information is available so she was in an episode of the l word or maybe a few and she was also in an episode of that net netflix series animal kingdom that's been really popular the last couple of years and she was also a lesbian in that but she also plays straight people a lot but she has the gayest energy and if i ever found out that she wasn't gay i would be devastated yeah her early life on uh wikipedia is really three sentences So after Harris leaves, I think we kind of start diving more into the more supernatural elements of the movie and like the spooky spooks. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that for me was one of my favorite scenes is Deborah used to be a switchboard operator back who knows however long. And so essentially she would just change the lines for people and make sure that calls were connected and like an operator is all it is essentially. Um, and so the people in the house realize that one of the lines continues to ring. And I was like, absolutely not. Why do one, why do we still have this? Yeah. Donate it to a museum. Yeah, girl, you don't need to keep it in the attic. It's not doing anybody any good. No, you're not still transferring calls. (laughs) 
I can transfer calls on my cell phone. Um, so they find out that it's continually ringing and that the line... This is where it starts getting to the lore part. Yes. And so the line belonged to... Line 337, Desjardins. Yes. Like, was it their family doctor or just a doctor in the area? It was just like a, a doctor in town. And part of Deborah's career, like, they kind of touch on how she'd had her daughter and then her husband died like soon after Mm -hmm. she had to make something out of her life. So she became the switchboard operator. And she talks about how, because of that, she had to hold the secrets of everybody in town. Which like, no, you don't, you don't. And her daughter even says like, you actually didn't have to do that. And she was like, yes, but if I didn't, I wouldn't have had any clients. So she was kind of like, the townskeeper that and she so, was the town's gatekeeper she was she gaslit the, she gatekeeped she was and she girl bossed the all <laughs> ultimate gatekeeper she could have been not transferring any fucking calls me i'd be like yeah i'll transfer your call just unplug it yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. my day is done um anyway so deborah deborah she's that gatekeep girl boss and yeah. she got a line that keeps ringing in that house in 2014 line 337 yes do you think it's an angel number or a devil number i wonder if it has some sort of correlation never looked into it um but so anyways this local doctor henry de jardine yes uh disappeared after a while yeah years um, ago they're like deb where's he at and she's like don't know don't know but he's disappeared after a series of cannibalistic ritualized murders happened of four young girls. So this is where things start to get a little like, okay, this movie's doing a lot. Yeah, it's doing a lot for the little that we have of this movie. Yeah. Um, Quick hour and 30, just gotta say. Yes, mm. a nice short movie. So it starts getting into that where you're like, okay, so now we're taking it a step outside of Alzheimer's. And right. now we're confirming Supernatural. Yes. And like there are points throughout the movie where Deb, you know, at one point, Sarah comes downstairs and Deb is just like in her little Alzheimer's trance. She's like, Mom, give me the hammer. Deborah's not paying attention. And then she just starts nailing the window shut. And she says, this is where she sees the man at night. And you look outside the window and there's no man. Well, Thank God. Desjardins, here he is. So, right. So, they start asking her about him. And she's like, I don't know. He went missing. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, he's dead. It's like, is what, he? what happened? So, then they start watching some documentary footage and some finding and of some of course, they things. have some documentary oh, right. footage. Right. Of course. And, of course, all the people who are in this documentary, they later speak to and they've not aged in the last 30 years, apparently. You know what? That's fine, though. All right. That's what you get from messing with the devil. <laughs> I mean, really, what happens from there is essentially that they find out Desjardins was probably reenacting an ancient ritual where he would be um, immortal if he basically cannibalized five young girls who just got their periods. Which is a lot. A lot. Five? And to cannibalize? That's a lot of food. One? Sure. Sure. Yes. Easy to find. Easy to to get away with. Oh, she's missing. Easy. Great. Throw it on the well. Yeah, you're also a doctor. You could do so much like medical things to just get rid of her. Right. Two pushing it. You know, like, okay, if they're timed separately apart, we don't know the timeline. It's okay. Three. It's You're asking a lot. You're asking a lot. And I don't want that. No. Four? Sir, how are you getting around? How are these children missing and everyone's just like, we're missing four kids? Or do you just wrap them all up at once? Right. Do you You just do like a, do you just steal an entire group of friends off of a park and hope for the best? And hope that they all have had their period. That's the other thing. Do you be like, hey, have you bled? He's the doctor. But like, I'm going to tell you this. I never once reported to my family doctor that I'd gotten my period. Like Dr. Brown, he didn't need to know. No, of course not. It's not relevant information. Because guess what? It's only concerning if you maybe are like older and you haven't had it. Right. Uh, Five. How? I mean, didn't do it. Didn't. He couldn't accomplish it because what we're saying here today is 
unrealistic expectations. Yeah. You know, unless you're traveling. That makes more sense. If you get hit like a couple counties. Easy. Sure. Don't go into the big city. State hop at the very least. Easy. Like yeah. I'm sure you could hit up like whatever those four corner states are. I don't know. I don't know what the states look like. <laughs> <laughs> Never been. Not concerned. Deborah's getting a little bit more crazy. Gavin quits the film because he's like, you know what? I'm out of here. And you know what? I really respect that. There's only been like a couple horror movies where people have been like, I'm going to dip. Oh, and the old poltergeist, the OG poltergeist. Yes. You know, there's only like been a few times where people are actually like, you know what? One of our microphones just unplugged for a hot second. But what I was saying, it doesn't even take something supernatural for me to just quit what I'm doing. So. Yeah, you know, that's fair. And I can say the same about me. <laughs> So they hit it and quit it. And then Deborah just, she kind of goes off the rails. And she's also not feeling good. She breaks out in a whole scaly, scaly. Oh, I hated that. That was not good. And I don't know why I enjoy this movie so much. Because in the end, it deals a lot with snakes. And I have a huge, huge issue with snakes. I love them so. Um, Yeah, which is very weird for us. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. But if you were to bring a snake into this apartment, I would start bawling. I would never do that to you. But like that is my fear. Like sometimes when I talk about them too much, I start crying. I don't know. So yes, Deborah gets hospitalized. She's a little scaly. She's a little peely. Bad sunburn looking thing, but it's not. It's some snaky mm-hmm. possession thing. Right. And then... Harris comes to the hospital and she's of like, course. kill me. And he's like, Deborah, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because they're fucking. Of course. We don't and actually have proof of that, but... No, but he probably is in on the monarchan spell thing. Yeah. They kind of make it seem like Harris might be involved at some point, but I think he just genuinely was like a nice dude. Yeah. We don't know that. But then when he's like, no, I'm not going to kill you. The part of Deborah that is possessed throws a television at him. But it's fine because he survives and Sarah sees him in the hospital and is like, hey, hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, what's up, Harris? Yes. What's what's good with you? And he's like, listen, I got to be honest with you. I got to be real right now. Um, you were the fifth child that Desjardins was going to steal. And she's like, oh. Very curious. And he goes, you know what that means? And she's like, not really. <laughs> Slow on the uptake. As it turns out, Deb killed him. Because she was like, not my girl. Not today. Not today. So they're like, oh, okay, makes sense. So she That's killed why he was him. Missing. And then he was missing. And now like 30 odd years later, when she's got the Alzheimer's, he's decided to come back. That and part, yeah. we're a little Ooh, fuzzy on. A little weak. But you know what? That's fine. Once again, none of my business. A little slip didn't hurt anybody. And then we hear Mayday Mayday in the hospital because Deborah has what? Slipped out of her skin and left it on that hospital bed and ran for the hills. With? A child. Who was a cancer patient. You couldn't pick up some innocent brat on the street. You had to take the cancer patient. Deborah. But also, you know what? Standards. Maybe that kid was on on her website. No, but listen. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You make a good point. I just don't want to have to like think about that. I know. So they're they're concerned and they run for where they think Deborah is, which is, oh, I don't know, the abandoned mines in town. Where did that come from? Don't know. In my mind, it'd be make more much more sense for her just to be in the forest behind her house. Yeah. No we shit. briefly go in there for like a little bit, but it's not long. Right. So like when they realize, when they put the pieces together, Sarah and the team go to the house. They find the remains of Desjardins. Of course, because let's keep him. Right. And so they try to burn him in the fireplace at the house, but he won't burn. Right, because devil. And so they're like, oh, I guess we'll have to go into the mines with Deborah. Because, like, the only place the remains are going to burn is in the mine. 
No. Okay. And they get the sheriff along the way. Weird gay energy between the sheriff I and know, the daughter. I know, but maybe... Why the sheriff? What are you going to do? I did really love the part where the sheriff was like, I'll go in after her, Deborah. And in my mind, I really felt like the whole time Sarah was just like looking for the okay to shoot her mom. She was looking around at everyone like, guys, listen, do I shoot my mom? <laughs> do we end it here now? <laughs> like, it could be fun. I just, I feel like it's probably the like best Like material girl. I'm not just going to go ahead and do it. But if you guys said I should. Or if you wanted to, there's no qualms. So the sheriff goes, Sarah, don't worry about it. I'll do it. And then she immediately is killed. And you know what? She said good because that could have been me. And Sarah was like, I don't want to die. I want my mom to die. Saving money. It's sad. This is too much. Anyways. Saving money and also like you're going to live longer anyway. Like you have a longer lifespan ahead of you. If someone's got to go just like mathematically. Deborah spelled like Deborah. I don't know. We can't really get into that. We don't have time. So then they follow her into the mine shaft. Of course. And what we're about to see. Is unhinged on a different level. We see Sarah's reaction first, and she looks shocked. Mortified. Mortified is a good word for it, because even though I'm sure she's terrified and shocked, I'm sure she's also like, that is my mother. This is embarrassing. (laughs) She's like, mom, could you not do this in front of my friends? (laughs) Like, I just met these people. Like, we could have a long-standing relationship, and now we can't, because we've all witnessed this. We drank whiskey on the porch together one night, and now you're unhinging your jaw, and... A cancer patient child. Deborah has unhinged her jaw. But from, like more than unhinged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From like the neck up, she is starting to just become a little bit of a snickety snake. Yeah. She has wrapped her mouth around the head of this cancer patient. And she is. And they're just standing like slightly behind the like mine rock chilling. Yeah. And that kid not trying to fight. No, she's fine. She's like, I am enjoying this. Haven't had a scalp massage like this in years. And Deborah's like, I'll eat her whole. Nothing to it but to do it. Yeah. She's like, I am hungry. Let me eat. So she's about to swallow her swallow her whole. And then they just set the remains on fire and it's kind of over. Yeah. I they like yell at her a little bit. The child becomes free. They grab the child. Yep. Um, there's some random news footage. Do you remember that? So yeah, that's, oh, that's how the after. movie ends. Yes. Yeah. Burn the remains. Deborah is now freed from the clutches of Dishardin. Child is free. Deborah uh, is is free but unwell. We cut to just like Same. a final, yeah. We cut to just a final sort of news segment. Yeah. Where basically they're saying Deborah was not um, deemed fit to stand trial for her crimes of abducting a child and killing the sheriff. So she will just continue to sort of deteriorate because she can no longer speak. She looks really unwell. And then on the flip side, Kara, the small cancer patient, she's about to celebrate her 10th birthday. She's in remission. She's a full head of hair. It's like a nice little fluff piece that the news Mm -hmm. does. But then at the very end, they're like, Kara... Do you have anything that you are excited about in your future? And she's like, I don't know. I got something planned. And then she like turns to the camera with her little beady sinister eyes. smile. And her she does have beady eyes yeah. though. And she's just standing there smiling. And it's very creepy. And then we are supposed to glean from that that she is now Dejardin. And that the ritual was completed by. Right. Yeah. Can I tell you the most insane part of this movie? Tell me. In that final segment, when they're doing the little news clippings, they're at her birthday party on the news, and there's like a three-second clip of her dad handing her a piece of cake, and he says to her, are you sure this is better than hospital food? Uh, Yeah, dad! Like, at your daughter, who's in remission for cancer's 10th birthday, you're like, lol, remember when you were eating hospital (laughs) food, you fucking loser? Like, what are you doing, dad? Jesus Christ. (gasps) 
Keeping it real, though. I could not recover from that. I was really, like, stuck in that. When the movie ended, I was like, no, 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 back it up. Because I'm still thinking about what this guy has Well, you know said. what? Her first victim is going to be her father. Yeah, as, as, he, as she should. Do you know what's a scene that we never talked about, but it was probably my favorite scene? What? So we talked about how she has a switchboard. She does. Or they mentioned that she was an operator, whatever. There's one scene where they go up to the attic and she is butt-ass naked sitting on this like little tiny bench. And she is pulling and pushing those cords in and it is terrifying. And it's just like so dark. It's just like a flashlight directly on her. And she is just like working her ass off. Well, I mean, not much ass there, but working it off. And she's given her life for this operating board. And then it becomes really scary. Yeah. And she has like a demonic voice for a second. Right. And she also speaks French. There's a lot of jump scares in this movie that you can see coming, and every one of them is amazing. Yeah, I don't think that any of them I'm like, oh, that was bad. I was like, you know what? I'm happy with this. Yeah. I like the whole movie. It's just a good horror movie. For the first time in a long time, like, felt unsettled and spooked throughout Mm -hmm. a movie. I'd highly recommend. Yeah, I would too. It's, like, just a good movie. Mm -hmm. One thing that I would talk about, and I saw this comment on Reddit, is that... Someone said that this movie is not one of those ones that, like, it has a good rewatchability just because it's not, quote-unquote, scary as we have talked about before. But, like, also, like, the characters, like, you don't get, like, really, like, into them Mm -mm. because that's just Deborah's background mostly. We don't care about the filmmakers. Their stories kind of, like, push to the back. And so is a good movie to think back on mm-hmm, after. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be rewatched and that it doesn't have to have multiple viewings, but that it's good while you watch it and it'll be good like to talk about later. That's kind of it. That's my like last little piece about it. You want to rate it? Yeah. Scary. I'm like, going to go reali- seven. I was going to say realistically probably like a six for me. I'm going to go seven. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't terrifying, but the scares that there were, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Jump scares, not like, you know, creep into your soul scares. Yeah, nothing that's going to like linger right unsettling three four yeah the most unsettling part for me was the snakes Mm -hmm. and that whole aspect so i'm probably gonna stick with like a three or four two story my only issue with the story is that when they got into the lore of desjardins there was like this whole backstory about how they once again get in touch with the fucking anthropologist which why is it always anthropologist i don't know you can get a different professional to talk about it Mm -hmm. they get in touch with this anthropologist who's talking about how like it's this extremely obscure ritual that this guy's trying to perform and it just felt like out of the realm of the possibility of this just this random french white man yeah. In a small town in Who's like North Carolina or wherever yeah. the hell they were. So that part was a little like hokey. But overall, I liked the story. I, I think it, it does a good trajectory of like telling the story and keeping it like the pacing is good. Yeah. And like I do like the ending minus the minds part. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go with like a good six and a half, I think. I was going to say seven. Look at us go. Is it a paper cut or is it a bloody massacre? It's definitely not a bloody massacre mm-hmm. by any means. I think it's just like just below. It's on the upscale for yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to try to quantify it too hard. I just, I like it. It's right below mm-hmm. the bloody massacre for me too. And like I would definitely, I've watched this with two people who haven't seen it and they both thoroughly enjoyed it. I haven't talked to anybody who didn't really enjoy it. Like it has really good reviews mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. On I'm pretty sure it was sitting at a 90% the last time 91. I saw it. Wow. What a way to get back into this. Nice little ease in. What should we do for 2022? Let us know. Send us a DM. Send us an email. You can contact us at 
thebloodypodcastacre at gmail.com, on Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram at podcastacre. You can also leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time. Evil lives within you.